three pints in. Three pints in? With three pints in. That's right. Not one, not two, but three pints in. I'm your host, Tom Batson. Three pints in, episode two, film and TV night. Welcome. Speaking with Ben Walls. Ben? Hello. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> I'm real. Simon <laughs> said I should do this introduction at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, did he review it? <laughs> he did. He did. Well, Ellie was <laughs> giving me the feedback. Okay. She sent me a message today as well saying, like, why isn't the next one out? Did you see her rave the other night? Who's? No, I didn't see that, no. Yeah, it was... Was it on Instagram? It was on Instagram, but it'd be gone now. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, fair one. No, I didn't see that actually. I'll get her to send me a video. Yeah, no, she sent me one, so. But that wasn't wasn't just like, talk to your mates more. No, I had a a half an hour phone call with her the other day, so. (laughs) Surprised you didn't mention it then. How old were you when you first found yourself in a pub? The first time I bought my own pint. Had a pint handed to you for legal reasons? I was 17 and Jake and Finn were both 16 and there was a local pub called The White Horse and we were kind of loitering about 100 metres down the road, probably about 8 o'clock at night, having this debate about whether it's going on. (laughs) And we did it, mate. Walked in, sat down, really quiet into the bar and I went up and ordered three pints for us. We got served, best moment of our lives. That was what, how many years ago was that? That was, fuck me. How old was I? I was 17. That's what, seven eight, years ago? Eight, yeah, seven, eight years ago. Seven, eight years ago, yeah. Oh, God. And that was the start of our... Uh, the rest of your life. The rest of my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's when my life started in Brighton. Was the scummiest pub ever. Uh, no, well, basically, Brian Hurstford Point. When I was 16, I think it was, Yeah. and there was a there was a pub called Slattery's in Camden Road, which right. was like, let anyone out of primary school in. It had, a, it had like one fruit machine, a disco machine, and just the same guy working who didn't move throughout the whole shift. One guy, one customer on a stool, and obviously 15, 16, 17 year olds. And then if yeah. you went downstairs into, I think it was the only male, like they only had men's toilets, uh, there was like a little puddle that just surrounded the whole floor. So that's, okay. that's great. That's my first pub I ever went to and bought a pint in. Uh, Favourite TV pub? The, what's the Winchester in Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Do you know any other okay, TV pub? That's, that's a film pub. A TV oh, pub. I mean, uh, silver screen, silver screen. Okay, well, what have you got? The Rovers in? Is it the Rover in? Not, I don't it? watch EastEnders. The Queen Vic. The Queen Vic. <laughs> and the Rover in, is that Corrie? Yeah, I've never watched Corrie, mate. It is might be. One? Okay, and uh, the Garrison. Oh, mate, let's, I'm going to see how many I can name. The Garrison, Peaky Blinders. Nice, nice. Nags Head. From? Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, uh, f- film and TV. Just work away, pump them out. Okay, right, film. Uh, what, Hot Fuzz? What's the one Hot Fuzz called? Oh, my God, Rupert will kill me. I can't remember the one in Hot Fuzz. Okay, move on. Prancing okay. Pony, Lord of the Rings. Uh, do you... about, um, Moss Eisley Cantina. Nice. There's only one cantina I know, and that's on Tantooine. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's niche. What's it called? I don't know any others. Wait, you know what? I looked it up earlier. There's one, there's a good pub scene in Legend, isn't there? With, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's Have You Seen With No and I with Paul McGann and that's a great film. It's about two thespians who are also like proper drug addicts. Okay. And they use one of their family relatives' country house to get escape Camden where they live in just an absolute crack den basically. So the pub they go in and get a fight. The mother Black Cap, which you can go to apparently, quote, <laughs> Black Cap has a wide range of gin, ciders and first class facilities as long as you don't read the graffiti. It's probably best you don't engage with the regulars. The Winchester Tavern, Shaun of the Dead. The Slaughtered Lamb from the American Werewolf. God, these are rubbish. The Leaky Cauldron, Harry Potter series. 
And Moe's Tavern, Simpsons. That's a good one, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, the Ink and Paint Club, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Good film. That's three minutes I'm not getting back. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. Do you think TVs belong in pubs? Oh, no, I do like this question. I think TVs belong <laughs> in pubs only when certain sports are on the telly. I don't think they should be on at any other point because they're no. really distracting. Wimbledon, Six Nations and World Cup. Oh, well, no, like Premier League, boxing. So, so every week. Well, yeah, yeah. I think like to be able to go to the pub for Saturday football, that's fine. That yeah. Yeah. I like being in the pub when the football's on. Like, there's always a good atmosphere. Do you think every pub should have a TV, or there should be sports pubs? No, I don't. I, I think I think in some pubs, if you have a TV, it ruins it fucks your image. Yeah, because if if it's a Sunday like roast pub, but then yeah. you've also got like Larry punching the fruit machine uh, <laughs> because like Chelsea have scored a last minute goal, <laughs> screaming like fuck. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> just making little Timmy cry. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do think there should be like yeah. some, not family pubs, but like some Toby Carveries and the mixer with spoons. Yeah, but that's not a nice pub. No, neither of them are nice, but like... Yeah, but I would expect TVs in those pubs. In Toby Carvery as well. Oh, man, I would expect... I don't know. I would expect they have like Sky News on or some shit. Yeah, no, yeah, no, just to keep the TV on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but, like, really. I, I, I'm annoyed if I go into a pub and it's showing like anything other than sport. Like, I'm watching it, but I just... No, but it's... The way the pubs are. <laughs> yeah, you need it as an option, just in yeah. case. Yeah. I even think like I'm not a fan of when pubs have TVs and it has like all the I know it's probably convenient but it will have like oh fucking buy a jug of yeah whiskey. oh don't yeah I can you imagine like I mean? like the bot the bot advertises yeah. its own things on its TV screen so I'm already in your pub I will be buying your drinks I, I, I know what a double vodka coke is and if I want one I'm not going to bargain yeah. down a price for it like I'll pay whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you drinking tonight? What is that? Oh yeah. So no, I've I've gone experimental tonight. I've gone. I've started safe with the San Miguel, but then I'm working my way to a Brewdog Elvis juice. So and that's uh, is that not is that not the non-alcoholic one? No, no. to check. It's a grapefruit infused IPA. Oh nice. I think I've had it. It's six point five percent. And uh, if if you are on oh, a mission, I've only had it out of a can. Fair. If you are on a mission to uh, get drunk and go to Spoons, yeah, uh, it's cheapest beer and most bottled beer and most Spoons. Is it? And it's yeah. very good quality as well. Good quality, high percentage, and it's. I think you can get a can of it for like one pound eighty in some spoons. Right. Okay. I've only uh, had it in a can before. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you want to go to the pub, but still like not obviously for a class evening, if you find yourself in spoons, uh, yeah. Elvis Juice is the one. And also there's so there's a website called www.pints.wtf. Right. Uh, and what you can do it has all the drinks prices each spoons. So okay. you select your spoons, and it has you can order it in percentage. You can order it in like most popular and it has it in price range as well so it just goes for the cheapest you can see which one when you're on there for your spoons it orders it in price nice and that's a completely that's absent from spoons that that website pints.wtf i think is a yeah fair if, one. so someone you, has got too much time on that yeah no if you go in it as well it's like someone's used microsoft paint and it's like their first it lesson they've gone make a website it's got like just got the title in like comic sans a rainbow background and a drop-down menu for all the spoons in the country. Where did you hear about this website? It's it's on my like my schoolboys chat. Uh, oh, cool. Because like we only drink at spoons. I think that those days are coming to an end. But like we just can't afford to drink anywhere else. We always go to spoons. Is that and, where you always used to meet? Yeah. So spoons by Hyrenism can station. What was it called? The famous cock. I think it is. Oh no, no, tell a lie. The white swan. Yeah, but have you ever known anyone to refer to a spoons by? No, like, no, no, no. One, you don't, don't go. What's the one in town? Like the bridge end or something? I don't know what it is. <laughs> the Barrel arms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine that you go fancy an eye on the bridge end and everyone looks at you like what? Yeah, where 
Where's that? Is that new? I don't know why they even bother having like <laughs> an individual title. <laughs> no one's ever called it that. Unless they're like trying to like lie to their like fucking girlfriend. Well, they're just they're taking a girl out on a date. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to say <laughs> that they're trying to go to the white swan. Yeah. drinking the white swan. Is that like the bluebird? Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> but it's not the same for a green king, is it? Green yeah, king you... is, is just like... I've always heard <laughs> you think spoons green king's is a lot nicer. But it's not a lot nicer. Green king is like marginally nicer. <laughs> Do you think? I don't think it's that nice. I think, like, the only thing that's better in Green King than Spoons is the gravy. Yeah. I think a Green King... You know what? In both Green King and and Spoons, mate, I've never... You know you go to a really nice pub and you get a nice pint and it's a great... And you're like, that's a good pint. Mm. And everything about it is refreshing and enjoyable. When I have a pint at Spoons or Green King... It's just sticky, and I'm like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so, never. I never sip it and go, that is perfect. Yeah, no, ever. Not, it's not. It's like, <laughs> yeah, how it's, much is left? Yeah, yeah. It's it, and they destroy nice beers that way. Mm. I love spoons. Don't get me wrong, but I think I'm it's sure a necessity. But yeah, if, if your favourite pub is a spoons, I think you yeah. just need to have a reality check there. Like, what am I yeah. doing? Yeah, I also think people that say it's their favourite pub are kind of fucking losers as well, and yeah. do it because they want to go. Oh my god, really? <laughs> You're like, no, fuck off, mate. You know? Next philosophical question is, is it right to make documentaries and films based on tragedies, especially if they are semi-recent? So documentaries that you see on Netflix nowadays, Madeleine McCann, Ted Bundy, where the vic- a lot of the victims in, not necessarily Ted, Ted Bundy one, but like, a lot of the victims are still alive and still, like, these cases are still going on. Do you yeah. think it's right to commercialise and make money out of these, like, traumas and tragedies? See, I think it's all right to make, like, documentaries, but I think you're right. There's a difference between a panorama and a, like, Netflix hit. Mm. The thing is, like, yeah, they are kind of celebritised, aren't they, on Netflix, and I think that is quite sad. But then also it does raise awareness for it, but I don't know, I, I don't know how much of if you hadn't heard of Madeleine McCann before last year, you would have because that viral documentary that was like eight parts of nothing. Mad murder cases like Ted Bunny, though. I'd never heard of any of that. So, but is, is that a good thing? Do they deserve a platform? To be fair, yeah. We've yeah. given them a platform that they yeah. don't deserve. It's like um, Charles Bronson. Yeah, he's like. Different. He's alright. Yeah. He's never killed anyone. Has he not? No, no, that's his thing, mate. He's, that's his yeah, forte, yeah. not killing people. <laughs> Literally, it is. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> He um he's he's a weird one, mate. He just he really he does really fuck it, but he's a bit of like a, a gentleman yeah. criminal. He did make Tom Hardy's career, to be fair. So he's done some good there. Sure. You, you, did we watch it together? Yeah? We watched it together. Yeah. <laughs> It is a great film. It, but then, again, it makes you sympathise with him. It's like, oh, he's actually a bit of a legend, despite burning an asylum and causing the taxpayer a lot of money. He goes through stages of being religious as well. I think he was Muslim for a bit, married a Muslim girl or something. He's now absolutely balling in it, like, rich oh, yeah, ass, because, sort of, like, the royalties so. and all of that. But yeah. he hasn't really works proper day in his life does he deserve no. that hope? yeah true I mean I'd rather he got it than fucking someone like I mean if we're doing top trunk criminals I mean yeah. I don't know Jimmy Savile yeah he's just a freak who's yeah. the other one I hate I'll tell you who I particularly hate is the uh, Ian Brady the Holly and Jessica geezer mate who's Ian Brady so have you have you ever seen the photo of the two girls in the Man U t-shirt Holly and Jessica it's famous for it, to be fair you might have been a bit young for it I'm not being really <laughs> welcome to the generation game I'm Tom Batson this is Ben Wills and they're like 10 or whatever Right, basically, yeah. and they get murdered. Media swarm in the area, blah blah blah. Old Bill turn up, can't find out who it is, and they start interviewing people. And they interview the fucking school caretaker who was Ian Brady, and he okay. murdered them both. Wait, so is he arrested now, or is he? Yeah, yeah, he's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sutcliffe, he's the worst one, isn't he? Mate, you oh, see, come on, Peter <laughs> Sutcliffe. I know of the name. I've never done my research into him. Let's read him out. You can rate him. Or like top trumps him. Yeah, like he was a Yorkshire 
Ripper, he murdered 13 women. Oh, it's already not yeah. a great start, is it? Yeah, so obviously he was an HGV driver. <laughs> obviously! He murdered 13 women. Do you remember when Joe Clarkson made a joke about this? No. They did a... <laughs> it was brilliant. They did a, top, <laughs> they did a Top Gear episode with, like, lorries. Yeah. And he was, like, describing, like, a typical lorry driver's day. And he was, like, get a coffee, get a donut. Oh, wait, so um, Pete Southcliffe was... Murdered prostitutes, basically. He was just one of these who hated women. Even There's got to the be one. someone worse. Who's the worst? Who's the guy who kept that mother and the daughter in for years? No, the it, the, the film, film Room is based on it. Have you ever seen Room? I know what the film Room is. I've, oh, what's his name? It's like some Brie German Larson. Name, No, but the guy who did it, Joseph Ritzel. Make Joseph Ritzel, he's the worst one. Yeah, he held a, um, oh God, he held his, his daughter captive for like 24 years. And oh, yeah. He's the worst. We found him. <laughs> so he's, he's three points in, biggest bastard, Joseph Ritzel. No. How, how dark are you? How like where do you draw the line at that? I suppose for me it's like if my mum can listen to it. A bit of swearing and like Yeah, you don't go are they still (laughs) Are they they still laughing about (laughs) Owie? They're listening to three pints and over dinner. (laughs) (laughs) He's not the worst guy. Oh, I would like to hear some beeping though. I think I think that's the yeah. Do you think there should be a film about him? The new James Bond. Okay, we, we've we've unlocked a new area of discussion then. These murderers are yeah. actually criminals. I'm not saying yeah. James Bond is a criminal. But no, you, you do look back at the old ones, like Thunderball. The, the misogyny's there. Oh yeah, my mum was what? really disapproving of me what? watching James Bond. One of the words she used to use, and I actually remember, this would embarrass my dad if he listens to it. So I'm obviously a massive Bond fan, and, and I remember saying to my dad, oh, my mum doesn't like James Bond because it's sleazy. And I was like, what does that mean? can't remember what his response was. It was brilliant, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a fan of. Oh, am I a fan? Nah, it's Bond. Honestly, he could he could do a lot of things. What's your favourite film? What's your favourite film? But oh, you, you, mate. you kind of answered the last one of what film character do you identify with? Tintin. These are James Bond. Film. Oh, right, yeah. Well, no, I think it, I think it'd be quite arrogant to say that I identify with James Bond. <laughs> yeah, I'm he a legend. Like cool, <laughs> yeah, he is like the coolest man on earth for some people. Mate, so you're Tintin, yeah? Yeah, I, I thought about it earlier, and I was like, thought about it he earlier. likes an adventure. Yeah, well, he I likes an adventure. He does. And, but like he's a bit of a melt as well so I've got I think bantering yourself is important I mean you know I am can't say yeah otherwise you'd lose that title basically yeah 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 what do you think of Bond not being a man I'm going to do that I'm a feminist but and I am an enormous feminist but James Bond is a male character I think there are people like Doctor Who I think that's a really good example of something that can be anything Doctor is mm. a what do you call it Time Lord no no I know that but doc, the, the title Doctor could apply to anyone of any yeah. gender race sexual orientation whatever but 007 can as well 007 can, yeah, but... In the James Bond movie, you've always had one type of woman and one type of man. Oh, see, I disagree with that in the new Daniel Craig films. Do you not think he still represents hyper-masculinity and the women hyper-feminine? He does, but that's part of... I, I agree with you on the women point, that women should no longer be portrayed in James Bond films as sexual. Sexual majority. No, I agree with that, I agree with that. I think it was it was of the time... Like, yeah. It was just, it's, it, the films, no, it, it, films it, it, in the 60s are still sexy films. And he's chivalrous and a gentleman. And, but to be fair, if you look at if you look at women in the latest Bond film, they do yeah. play enormous roles and are kicking down doors. Oh, I yeah. think women's roles in James Bond films are changing. Because the people like know that James Bond needs to modernise now with how we think in 
2020. Who wants to see a film about a bloke who's misogynistic? That has changed. The, like, the woman in even Casino Royale, the first Bond film that came, she was an amazing mathematician and, and that was her thing. Do you know what I mean? Is in Daniel Craig one or the first? No, oh, no, it's Daniel Craig one. Do you know Sean Connery wore a wig in all of his movies? He, he's, he's always had male pattern baldness and they... Really? That, that's not his real hair in any of the films. Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. That's, really that's why you see him in like Indiana Jones, which is still like a 70s film. As a professor or whatever he is. Yeah, like is Indiana Jones. Indiana Star? But yeah, he, he's, he's always not had any hair there. So like pressure's on what a man should be. In the same way like Tom Cruise is forced to stand on a box in Hollywood films. I didn't know that either. Yeah, just because men are supposed to be taller than women. And he accepts that. Hollywood is, isn't it? TV acting, you're, you're chosen on how you look. Wow. He's five foot five, five, five foot six. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's small. No, I'm joking. What are you, like four or eleven? So it's just like that idea, like so many people see it, it kind of projects like what group should be. Do anything, do anything like that and have everyone in the roles that they should be in. But not James Bond. James Bond. It's just, it's... Honestly, mate, it's just not necessary. Like, I think there should be a top budget female version of it. You know what I mean? That kind of like, yeah. Well, no, that's, I think a lot of people would agree with you. And I, I speak. I know this is Sybil's point, so I speak on behalf of her here. How she doesn't agree with you know Ghostbusters did a reboot just with gender swapped. So like the receptionist Chris that. Hemsworth and the Ghostbusters team was played by female comedians, and she's like, it came out in 2016, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 2017, and she's like, it just feels like a very forced Hollywood attack because like after the Me Too movement yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. there was a big push from Science and Oceans, Ocean's 8 as well like so Ocean's 8 goes, yeah. Ghostbusters Sybil says just like it forces it they shouldn't do it for the sake of it like if you want to make a powerful female movie don't just go oh we're going to make Mission Impossible but Tom Cruise a female or James Bond a female yeah, or Harry yeah, Potter yeah. a female and just the exact Great same plot and like whatever stereotype and just reverse it well it's sad isn't it because like you think about Harry Potter there I was thinking of all the things you said there and I was, but it's interesting as well how apart from Hermione the two prominent characters in it are male and I was like I wonder if it was Sarah Potter would it have done as well that's the last orders bell which means we have time for one last question first part of this like, which you kind of need to know is what film did you enjoy most growing up is there one film you just went to yeah New Hope Star Wars yeah I watched that a lot and, when I was and 40 young. years later you're still on the same movie <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a lot mate when I was younger I'm repeat my mum said and you haven't been in Lord of the Rings man I respect and like Lord of the Rings but I know <laughs> you you and Robbie are a lot more to be fair we were talking about it today like I've seen all three a couple of times but I certainly I would forget a lot of it so I, I, we are, I am keen to watch it again I didn't watch the whole bit yeah no I was like you, you, you kind of saved yourself there because yeah, I, I, I think it's criminal they changed here like a 210 page book into three two and a half hour films yeah the third movie nothing happens spoilers okay. but they're just following the hobbits and dwarves around in the lonely mountain just waiting for war to happen when that could have happened in the last half an hour of the, the other film I think the hobbit was a fantastic book I read it when I was really little Did loved you? it really yeah, no, great I've just finished reading Lord of the Rings that's quite an achievement that's, that's 1,200 pages that, is. that really is quite an achievement I wanted to really read this lockdown and I've only managed that technically one book but three but Lord of the Rings did you feel like was it was it one of those books where like I know this is going to sound really cliche but were you, were you captivated by it and like sort of was it, it, it one of those immersed nice shit? transport yourself to the Shire yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so what's made of Fellowship of the Ring Two Towers and Return of the King yeah. Two Towers I read like in three days right like okay. I just I, I was there there was a lot of action happening but the films do a lot of justice but it is really transportive like there's so much detail there's so much history it's kind of like a biological book in that sense like 
you learn so much about the language and there's a 300 page appendix at the back about elvish language dwarvish language the history of gondor and wow. the coming of like the elves in in the north and you yeah. think he did J.R. tolkien did build a world yeah definitely and like several languages did he but ever see the films he did he didn't but then a little film fact for you right uh, christopher lee you know christopher lee yes i know yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in the james one film man with the golden gun count dooku count dooku um charlie and Ch- willy wonka's dad in tim burton's charlie and chocolate factory oh right yeah 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 Cool. And also Saruman, the white, yes, yes, in uh, yes. Lord of the Rings. So yes. he was the only actor to have met J.R. Tolkien. Oh, wow. And that obviously, yeah, that was completely disconnected from the film. Yeah, so the films were released in like 2003. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think Tolkien died in like early 80s or something. I'll, I'll get the statistic up because it is like something, it, it has the world record for most awards. Yeah, and, yeah, so it's, it's re- going to be timeless. It's like Peter Jackson, like career break, but also like it's impossible for him to make a better film. Like he did the justice so right, justice. Okay, and yeah, like yeah. the costumes the set design the effort like he just absolutely nailed it it's a cinematic masterpiece all uh, three all three they filmed what it was the bu- one. I wonder what the budget was for Return of the King would probably be the largest I, I saw Return of the King in the cinema mate did you yeah it was cool in York yeah yeah do you want to know Lord of the Rings budget yeah go on then so the first movie yeah was 93 million okay. US dollars yeah second one was 94 and the third one was 94 to put that yeah, in- so he was obviously expecting them all to do it right the first movie earned at the box office 887.8 million but then to put that in perspective for how much so if Fellowship of the Ring cost 93 million US dollars to make yeah the, Hob- the first Hobbit film yeah cost double that 180 million really yeah and, and then was, was it Peter Jackson Peter Jackson again yeah and he fucked it for the Hobbit he didn't fuck it like he still did an amazing job like got every single detail in there but right. I, I think he was probably pushed by like the production company to make yeah, another yeah. trilogy Star Wars t- kind of scenario. yeah j- just money money grab but Ian McKellen Gandalf in the initial trilogy they used a lot of physical props and stuff like that there was a lot of green screen and a lot of CGI for The Hobbit so uh, he was getting really odd because he's, he's an older actor but he's also just not used to it and he was like not confused but just didn't know he was getting frustrated like oh you're now throwing fire acorns on the top of a tree and he'd just be standing in front of a green screen he's like oh what so he's getting yeah, bit, right, he, got, okay. he got flustered essentially right, okay. no I get, I get what you mean whereas the original they'd actually give him something hard yeah like hold. so it's all filmed in New Zealand you know that but then yeah they would like fly them out to like these mountains mountain ridges in their Hobbit and Elvish costumes and stuff like into a right. helicopter into these mountain ranges into these like wide open fields into the mountains and like they would actually do it there where there are a lot of they still did that because they still went to New Zealand built built Hobbiton for this one built a whole town in the in the hills that'd be a cool job that being a fucking set builder yeah that'd be class obviously not now when everything's in green screen there was a whole Game of Thrones town over there yeah you know, touche I'd, I'd like to see it but you're not even allowed to drive slowly past it you're not even now it's no, all over signs up outside saying speed up yeah, <laughs> 20's not plenty 30's fun <laughs> so your favourite childhood film is New Hope if you go back to watch one childhood movie without any context or spoilers and experience it for the first time what would it be in, in your whole life really not just childhood movie then like what film I saw and I was like I want, I'd love to see or, that or, again or, yeah you completely you... Hot Fuzz mate when Hot Fuzz came out I was like someone has made a film for me yeah it would be Hot Fuzz mate or to be fair the first time I saw Pulp Fiction I was like fuck were you is, yeah I, I knew you fell asleep the first time I watched it really you know I yeah. think Pulp Fiction is brilliant I think Jackie Brown's better but cool um, that's a niche one yeah yeah J- Jackie Brown's the forgotten Tarantino isn't it well some of, them made, some of them are really a lot more forgotten than that like, he's done all those B movies and shit yeah Death Proof is the one he yeah. uh, didn't like uh, that's the one he wish he didn't make but then what's his George Clooney vampire one from Dusk Until oh, Dawn yeah ever, ever seen that no Tarantino fan oh, yeah. uh, but then there's a 
there's a really like quoted scene like because the amount of fate scenes in all the tarantino universe people say yeah. like tarantino's got a bit of a foot fetish right uh, and does. It, it, like if you want you can youtube it and realize like how much he like looks at feet and stuff and like oh, oh there's a scene in jackie brown where she's playing with someone's feet i think yeah and pulp fiction where uma thurman is like walking around and stuff with yeah, her shoes yeah. On. yeah. Uh, every film's got a foot scene but then from dusk until dawn it's got one where selma hayek she's a famous actress but then she sticks she's doing like this belly dance and she sticks her toes into his mouth and starts moving it about and you just know as director it, he's had to ask her all right i need you now basically leave your feet in my mouth oh is it the scene he's in yeah it, it, it's his mouth and you think don't know about yeah, that one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. non-fiction yeah once upon a time in uh, he would. uh what, what's the hateful eight the hateful eight minutes with tarantino <laughs> yeah you ever watch the hateful eight i have yes uh, the, you know when she smashes the guitar yeah that's so it's a prop from she's playing guitar or something and everyone's listening and then Kurt Russell grabs it off her and right. smashes it but right. I, I can't remember it's either someone forgot to tell Kurt Russell or he forgot the guitar she was playing was like a 400 year old guitar from, from a museum that was lent to them and they were going to swap it in after they played it but they forgot so he smashed up like a 200 year old guitar really yeah, you know, genuinely and then obviously they made a massive donation to the museum afterwards but imagine knowing like you've had 200 grand in your hands and just absolutely oh, gone for that's it that's quite cool there's more movie accidents like that so Bruce Lee's son Brandon Lee yeah he was killed on set I think someone didn't tell the actor he was in a scene with but they told him that the gun wasn't loaded but it was he was right. shot with a natural gun yeah but they wouldn't have had live rounds on set surely unless he was Mar- shot with a blank round really close Brandon Lee the 28 year old son of the legendary martial arts star Bruce Lee was killed in an accident on the set of the action adventure movie The Crow um, he was shot in the abdomen the bullet was dislodged when Massey fired at Lee bullet was dislodged and struck Lee in the abdomen he died at the age of 28 after six hours of surgery and his death was ruled as an accident there you go ah. you can look into mysterious oh. deaths of 20th century there are other ones as well like I did it for a zoom quiz when that was all the range and like there was this lawyer uh, that was showing people around this new office building and it was basically like how they're smash proof and he would right. always he would always run at the at the window full charge and they wouldn't pop out and they wouldn't smash or anything that's how we showed it but then one day he charged at a window and it didn't smash but it wasn't secured properly so the window he fell out with the window from this like 70 story oh, building okay. yeah so that's another like an unfortunate death or something he, he proved the point that they don't smash but then the window fell out of its frame yeah, so there's oh, there's some great ones like that where you just think ouch there's one more which is absolutely class <laughs> Ga- Ga- Gary Hoy a lawyer in Toronto fell to his death on the 24th floor of the Toronto Dominion Centre while demonstrating to a group of visitors that the building's windows were unbreakable Hoy threw himself against the windows which did not break but popped out of its frame so, you've got a whole soccer team that died 1998 an entire soccer team of 11 in eastern Kasai in the Democratic Republic of Congo were fatally struck by lightning while playing. The other team was left unharmed so the whole team was struck by lightning and the other team wasn't. Oh good. That was another peculiar episode of Three Pints In for you. Thank you to my co-host Ben and thanks for listening. Next week we'll be talking about food. Is cucumber a vegetable or a salad? And we definitively answer what is the pub's best grub. Tune in two weeks time for Three Pints In. Three Pints In. Three Pints In. With three pints in. That's right, not one, not two, with three pints in. I'm your host, Tom Batson.